here we are. That thing I do podcast. Oh, wow. 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 Guess what? The tables have turned. Oh, the tables they have turned. Tables have turned. I am. You know what? Fully recovered. We haven't been in the same room, and I, I still know, got what you got. I know, I know, I know. You know, it's going around. We all just have to be careful. We got to wear masks. Yeah, thank God it's not. It's not. It's not the COVID guys have been no. tested. But I just got back stateside. We'll do this very quickly. Um, I ran myself ragged in France, but I'm back, and uh, you know I had a good time. So my body caught up with me. I'm a little sick, but I'm. A little better now, um, but I'm feeling extra good because SD managed to get another cool person this week. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, of course, he's a friend of SD's because he is a fellow bass player, a fellow Los Angelino. I don't know. You could tell the whole his whole dossier to our listeners, SD, if you want. The interview that we that we had today with Stephen Thundercat. You can tell how much I love him. I've been in love with him since I was you know, 25 years old. And I'd heard about him, you know, when I was in high school and how talented he was. But he's also just like the best guy. And he's, you know, one of my best friends. I love him so much. He's part of this like uh, Mount Rushmore of like really top dog musicians and as such gets to kind of cross pollinate between a lot of different yes. genres. Like, you know, he, he can like call upon like like Michael McDonald's and like Kenny Loggins and do a song with them, but then like also play with, you know, and, and be really involved in, you know, uh, I mean, he was a huge part of To Pimp a Butterfly, which yep. is a, you know, prodigious uh, hip hop album from 2015 for, for which he won a Grammy for These Walls. If you're a Kendrick Lamar fan, he also just recently won the Grammy for uh, this is past year in 2020 for his album. It is what it is for uh best progressive R&B album. Pretty incredible musician. Yes. I don't really know what to say. Pretty cool dude. I was psyched that we got to talk to him. I didn't get to ask him about his boy band. Was it a boy band? Should no. I say that? Am I allowed to say it's a boy band? I felt like if I asked, he would have thought I was uncool. No, it wasn't a boy band. It was like a like a early 2000s rock band that he was in with his friends. Okay. But the cover art does... Look, if you're young and you're good looking and you're in a band, it's just that I, if you're boys, it's what happens, you know, I guess. So that's unfair. Forgive my... How uncouth of you, Darren. My Yeah, that was how very uncouth. uncouth. No, he was how in a rock I? band with his friends called No Curfew. And at the same time that I was in a band with my sister called the Valley Girls. So there's so many idiosyncratic things that, you know, Stephen and I have kind of gone through in our lives. We're very, very similar. I obviously love him and care for him like very, very, very much. So I'm so glad we got him on the pod. Let's get into it. Yeah, I think he's one of the great, yeah, the great musicians out there, artists. We talk about anime, Japanese culture, music, drawing. Let's get into it with... That Thing I Do! Thundercat! Thundercat. Steven Thundercat Bruner, a.k.a. just known as Thundercat. (laughs) Also known as... Also known as just Thundercat. Everybody... Welcome, Thundercat. What's up, man? Welcome. Yeah, also known as Make a Decision, Stephen. Yeah, also, Steven, why are we saving is it? Thundercat? Who's on, the, who's on the poster behind you, man? Who is who is that? What do we got? That's Esty. That's Esty. <laughs> I figured. I figured that was the anime version of Esty. I was just wondering where I was. That's all. You know, I was wondering, because I, I know no, we go no. back you're, real far. You're, you might be on his shirt. What's on your shirt, Stephen? Yeah, let's see what's going on. What, what are we rocking there? Oh, yeah, I was going to say I'm like a Ryu. I was literally, holy shit. Holy shit, I was literally going to say, if you've got, like, Ryu somewhere, all I got to do is yeah. wear a fucking red headband, you go. and Darren. we're all good. Man, That's Ryu. like the one, when, the one thing, I don't want to blow up Steven's spot, but 
my one of my favorite things about hanging out with Steven is we just watch cartoons and anime and he has a plethora of you know, <laughs> toys literally like a museum like a like museum worthy amount of you know Dragon Ball Z Pokemon what are some of your other favorites Steven Oh my gosh, it's just uh I know you're you're an encyclopedia when it comes to anime. Well, we we got a lot of t- lot to talk about cuz I do I've done a lot in anime. I've had a lot of really fun cool shit and I um I I just did a show that Flying Lotus did the did the score for and I know Which you one? guys do a lot together. Uh Yasuke. Hmm. I did uh I did this anime Yasuke. For Netflix. What did you do on it? What did you what did you do on Yasuke? I was the voice of Haruto. He was like the sort of mech robot yeah. guy that was part of the yeah. the, the team but LaShawn Thomas is a really good friend of mine oh, okay. Uh, okay. we became pals years ago because I reached out to him after uh, he was I think he was one of the artistic directors on on Korra nice. and so I, I hit him up because I was like yo you're really amazing I heard you're like you live in LA and we just became fast friends years ago and ever since then he's always kind of you know, included me on fun things. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I've literally watched him from the beginning of this thing to coming out. Uh, you know, I was I was with him in Tokyo maybe like two years ago. Nice. But, uh, yeah, it, I've, I've had a long history with uh, watching that thing get made. So by the time he told me that you guys were working, I was like, sick, fuck yeah. I get like a mini sideways collab with fucking Friday right, like- Thundercats. This is sick. <laughs> Nice, good. <laughs> Always do everything half-assed. Can't fully do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you fully commit, then you're a complete asshole. So are you a big Japan Japanophile guy? Are you like a big, uh, are, have, you, have you always been like, I guess the word is, I, I guess the pejorative is weeb. That's what I've been told I am. I guess that's like the, if you're like a total, like a Japan nerd. I don't, I think that's like a mean uh, phrase for it. I wouldn't consider myself a weeb, but I definitely am a Japanophile Japanese history and culture, anime. Have you always been one of those guys? I essentially, yeah. Like, let me see, where do I begin with this? Yeah, where did it start for you, Steven? I mean, it's, it's like realizing... we sort of talked about this before. It's realizing, yeah, it's like it's realizing that all of our cartoons were Japanese when we were kids, even if we didn't realize they were Japanese, you know, outsourcing Japanese animators and stuff. So everything from He-Man to G.I. Joe to Jim and the Holograms, he, um, Thundercats, it was all Japanese animators. You know, yeah. and um, I mean, realizing that at a way older age as compared to actually coming into Jap- Japanese uh, pop culture with the cartoons and stuff like that. The minute you get introduced to Dragon Ball Z or like, you know, so many other things like Gundam or Saint Seiya or, you know, all the, a lot of their stuff, the Astro Boys, the Devilmans and all that stuff. And you're just kind of like realizing that it's always been there. As compared right. to yeah. being like, you know, and this is the moment it was like, oh, actually, it was like somebody spoon feeding you vegetables. And you're like, I thought it was candy. You know, it's just like, yeah, that was the whole point. Make you think it was candy. But it was just like, um, yeah, no, it's like I've, I've always, you know, been, you know, enthralled by, you know, uh, the Japanese culture, of, you know, like, again, especially based on the type of bullshit that happened with us. And, you know, you're like you, there's no way it's not. It doesn't incorporate itself into it to some degree, you know, like the history of what it's been. and and it's one of those things, though, that when you get it, it just has to do with, I think, a lot of the time with the cartoons, they give the kids a lot more credit than most people do. You know what I mean? Like the, the children, totally. the part where Dragon Ball Z was something that, or Fist of the North Star was something you would watch on TV. And it's violent in nature and very sexual in certain respects. But there's a part of it where 
it's a bit it's a bit of a weird double-edged sword of how it plays against the society and everything that you know that it comes from you know where it stems from but at the same time it's like it feels like it was giving a lot of credit to people's ability to process it's something that we weren't aren't like i would say that doesn't come natural in our or you know in our i don't even i guess i'll call it western you know ways of processing stuff you know like separating this and you know it's just a weird it's a weird dynamic so it's like i don't know like Dragon Ball Z was definitely the introduction to realizing Japanese, uh, you know, anime and, you know, that part of the pop culture and how big and it almost and it almost feels like even the way that they produce the stuff. It just is like they they make it really good for themselves and by way of them making it good for themselves, it translates around the world. You know, like I think that's why it's a deal, you know, there's sort of a crossover between a lot of the artisanship of of specifically anime that hit if you grew up in the 90s in a way that um i don't know like i feel like our generation specifically has if you're keen on anime i, I don't know about you man but for me I, I i always liked anime but it wasn't until like there was a hip hop crossover that i Both started going angle. like oh okay cool because you start you, like wu-tang starts have like there was this sort of inextricable like bond like i never thought that the two were not part of the same coin Mm-hmm. Like I was into Wu Tang, and then I was really into like when you know, Samurai Champloo and Afro Samurai and all this cool shit. Where like the underscoring was all this great hip hop, all the shit that I thought was cool hip hop was connected to anime. And then I yeah. realized later in life, being like, wait a second, they were oh, they weren't always part of the same thing. So it's interesting for me because I always my gateway into specifically anime was American music, and it's like yeah. a cool weird back and forth that West and East used, tends to have between music and like animation and shit um so that's why th- it's, it's pretty dope that you that you just liked it on just like between i guess a lot of people grew up in dragon ball z and that was it right it's like this is the shit goku's my guy this is it yeah but uh it took music for me to get into it yeah and it's like uh i mean it was the music was kind of like it was a plus because i mean you know i mean you know kids like me and Esty, we were already kind of like oh yeah check and you know you know we're doing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's like it the music kind of came along you know that was that was still a bit later to me. So by the by the time we get to a Samurai Champloo, and I remember buying that when it first came out on DVD at Suncoast Video, <laughs> it more so pushed me in the yeah, it pushed me in the direction of realizing who's the guy that directed this because like who's the guy that was smart right. enough to do that? Realize like connecting those dots in pop culture. It was kind of like and here we go, Shinjiro Watanabe, and you go, well, where's what, what, what does he do? And you go, Cowboy Bebop, and you go, dude, Yoko Yoko Kano, Yoko exactly. Kano, bro. Yeah, that shit. Oh my god, Joko yeah. Kano is this like iconic. She's she's the um, band leader, composer, instrumentalist of this group called the Seatbelts, and it's this like super fucking burning like I, I want to say jazz combo, but it's like a whole orchestra yeah, like, essentially, not, like an orchestra. Not super big band, but it's like mid, like hot, like you know, like mid. Yeah, like you just said, ensemble, but it's more a, like, yeah. it's, like it's big band a bit. So it's it's a, bit a big band shit, okay. and it's just like super high functioning musicianship scoring all this like cool post-apocalyptic futurescape cyber like world but with like like postmodern bebop <laughs> it's it's so fucking yeah. cool when i was in high school i saw that sh- i was like this is the-. again it was the music for me it was like the confluence of these two like i like the the right. art style but the music being this gateway drug and i'm like yo these are things that i never thought could be like together which again is so great about so many things in Japanese culture where they'll take two things like something that's old and something that's new I mean that's like the backbone of a lot of Japanese culture 
is smashing old and new together in a way to make something really, really unique. Anyway, I interrupted you, uh, Stephen. You were talking about uh, bebop and uh, no, no, no. You're no. That's 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 how it's supposed to be, man. This is what happens when you start talking to anime nerds. We get, you know, right. get a boner, and then it's kind of like I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I Yoko knew Kano. It. If our listeners listeners don't know. Well, we just mentioned a few like heavy hitters like Cowboy Bebop, which is turning into I think they just finished uh, the live action thing for Netflix that's coming out. Uh, you know, you know, definitely <laughs> worth checking out. But the seat belts for sure. Definitely check out the the soundtrack for for Cowboy Bebop. I wanted to touch on because obviously Steven is such a an anime file and is so well versed in all of it I think the thing that I found inter- like the most interesting after talking with Stephen about this before was this idea that Stephen really wanted to be like an animator or an artist and I don't know if a lot of people know that about him and he's really really talented and that was something that he really wanted to do and I think that also goes along with kind of the theme of everything that we've been kind of talking about on this podcast is like Usually if you're talented at like one thing in the arts, there's also cross section in something else artistic. Do you illustrate? Are you do you do you draw at all, man? Well, it's funny, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like, he's gonna funny. be like re- he's gonna be reluctant to talk about it, but I think yeah, I think I have a, I have a strong feeling I think you know what the fuck is up. Cause it's either a hard no or nothing like if you're gonna even like say kind of that means yes because because i can't fucking draw if you ask me if i draw i go absolutely i can't not. draw and my mom's yeah, yeah, an artist so I can tell. like my mom is a painter like my mom was an art teacher and i i can draw like a toothpick with grapes like a stick figure like that's what my shit looks like <laughs> like that's sdb thinking she's picasso like i don't have there's not like a fine art bone in my body even though my mother is like an amazing painter and like so that wasn't that was always like I was like oh I can't do that like that's I'm not as good as my mom even though I always had an appreciation for art it wasn't like I could ever do it and I knew that I wasn't good at it and still to this day I'm not good at it but I think as a kid like I think that either you it's kind of like either you you know either someone comes along and is like oh, wait, you're really good at that. You should keep doing that. Um, And I think art is a really good, like when you're like in preschool and you're like drawing shit, like you can see like which kids kind of have it. (laughs) Yeah, this person can vision stuff. (laughs) Yes, I can. Like, and I was not, I think they, I I don't know what what people in my preschool thought, but I literally, I was, I thought that I was talented for like making sure that the sun was yellow. Like that to me was a start. That was a big win for me. So, what was first? Yo, Stephen, where, where, did you did you start with drawing or did you start with music, man? I think um, honestly, it's like it's. I don't remember a time I wasn't drawing when I was younger. At the same time that I learned how to, you know, pick up an instrument and stuff like that. And my mom still has all my earlier drawings from you know, like when I was a baby, and I couldn't really, you know, and you know, she, you know, really, yeah, it's weird, you know. I mean, I mean it's not weird, but it's just like. You know, it's like, you know. Wait, I want to see that. Yeah, she wrote my, like, name and age on it. You know, it's just like a weird, you know, like, you know, affinity for it a bit. And it's kind of like, um, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like drawing for me is like that thing where you have that friend that does, you don't know that they smoke cigarettes. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't, you know, you, you, 
you say you're going to leave their house for a second, and then you know, you know, you come back because you forgot your keys, and then the whole house is and they're like, like, you know, like this, and it's just like, <laughs> it's like it, it, it always was a bit emotional for me. So there's a part of it where it's like the place that it's connected to is not exactly something that I would tell somebody out front, you know. But it's like a lot of the time, it's like uh, yeah, like I, I wanted to. When I was younger, I wanted to go to Fairfax because I know that's where a lot of like all the art kids went. Yeah, all the art kids went. I was like, I want to go draw. I'm like, fucking Dragon Ball Z is fucking awesome. And then <laughs> you know, and it's like music uh, again. It just it it was one of those things where music I think was definitely took precedent because it was just like uh, I feel like even though I had outlets for it, you know, like I went to Thirty Second Street USC Middle School when it was a magnet school when magnets existed and. You know, it was like a, I was one of those kids that he was like, fail at everything else. But it was, it would just be like, uh, where are we supposed to put this person? Because this is, this is like, the, the, yeah, I would be I would get double the assignments because the teacher would be annoyed with how quickly it would happen or something like wow. that. Wow. With drawing, with art, with like visual yeah, art. With art. Yeah, that's, with art. That's, art and that's crazy. Wow. And um, But it was one of those things where, yeah, it just kind of like it, it's bit, it's a bit more emotional for me. And it's like it takes a takes kind of like a lot of coercing and you know do something you know but every yeah. night, you know why do you think that is why do you think it's more of an emotional thing than than music because a lot of people would argue it's the opposite no i think steven's right i think i think i think it is more emotional yeah. i think and correct me if i'm wrong steven but i i always talk about how like when you perform something or you like you perform a song or whatever it's like a moment in time and it happens and then it's done yeah and then you can like do it again if you want the next day and like it's this thing. And unless you're like recording it, like on a record, like you can do it as many times as you want yeah, and you make the record and you make the song. But like, if you're performing live, you know, it happens. It was a moment in time. Yeah. Might've yeah. fucked up, but whatever. Exactly. You have the performance. But with art, it's like, this is the thing. Yeah. This is my, this is my drawing. This is a definitive piece yeah. of a thing. And like, and, no one's really going to, I mean, I don't think that people are going to ask you to like recreate that. It's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Yeah. So like I can understand how it's more emotional to do that because, you know, again, it's like, it's not like it's just a snapshot. It's like, no, this is like the thing that I'm going to hang in this house or it's going to be in a attic. Yeah. Or, it has you a know, weird like, it's a tangible thing. It's like a thing yeah. that you can touch and feel. It's not just this like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I guess you could argue that like a CD or a record is like a tangible thing, but it, you know, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different sight part of the, the brain, I think. And, and a lot of the time, like my, some of the things that I do remember when it came to drawing, it would be like, I think one real intense memory I have of it was like, uh, my cat got hit by a car when I was a kid. And I found my cat on the way to school, Ooh. back in the middle of the street, dead. No, no. Well, I've seen I've seen this Pixar movie. That's like the first five minutes of the next Pixar movie. Yeah, where like seriously. Set, they set up. And, yeah. um, oh man. It's but then my mom, it's like I couldn't sleep, and so what would happen is I would kind of like wait till everybody went to sleep, and I would just kind of sit up and draw and listen to Jocko Pastorius. And my mom would wake up and be like, "Why are you still awake? Go to bed." And I'd be like, "Okay." And I'd act like I was going to go to sleep and then I'd just get back up and keep listening to Jocko and I would be drawing. And then, you know, a couple of days would pass or whatever. And my mom may see me sitting out drawing and then she would kind of thumb through my stuff and be like, what the heck is all of this? And I'd be like, leave me alone. Oh, <laughs> wow. I wish we were. I wish we were friends back then because I had no one to sit and listen to Jocko with. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's a beautiful thing. When man. I was a kid. That's really sweet. That's a nice, I got to ask, is were the drawings things that were kind of coming from, you know, like a personal place or were they, were you kind of like mimicking like some of the anime maybe that was influencing you or were you just kind of creating, what was your style at the time? I mean, it's, it would be, you know, you can't help but be influenced by like, uh, you know, the things that you see, again, pop culture, you know, it rules, so to speak, you know? Right. Of course, like, you know, action heroes and, and, uh, you know, like Jack Kirby's influence on the world is still like the shot heard around the world. You know what I mean? Like, totally. It, um, you know, and, and it's like, there's always that, you know, the superhero, the cape and cow, but then there's also like growing up in the era of how big, like uh, hip hop, like you were saying, like graffiti and stuff like that. And somewhere between the things that they try to teach you in school, where it's like, uh, you know, uh, still life to, you know, you know, uh, figure painting, all this different stuff yeah. to, you know, it's a bit intersectional in that respect where it would be like, you know, somewhere between, you know, self-drawings or like things that really did, you know, the things that you actually would like, like, you know, like items or things or the way things will make you feel a certain way, you know, you know how do I project this idea in illustration? Like, you know, like how do I drawing Stanley Clark? Like, you know, what would I, how would I draw Stanley Clark? It's like, it, there's a part where you could draw a portrait, but then there's a part of like, how do I see him? You know, right. you know, it's like it's not just the bass player. It would be like, you know, this guy's from he's not here. He's on in another place, you know, and, you know, trying to can create that, you know, like you were saying, making that into a tangible. And so a lot of the time, you know, it's like it, I would have lots of lots of different types of stuff happen. I grew up around a lot of graffiti artists. I, I was a graffiti artist at one point, yada, 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 you know. And, and, um, I remember there would be times where like, you know, we would pass art books around, but for some reason, everybody's art books would come back except for mine. <laughs> and then every now and again, you know, I would be driving around and I would see a character I drew and somebody had, and I, and when I was younger, no way. yeah. And it would be like, that's cool. I remember I had a teacher named Ms. Motivali, my art teacher in, in high school. And I remember I got real bummed out about that. Cause I was like, you know, the giving of what you do, you know, and I'm like, man, yeah. And she was, you know, she was like, what happened to your art book? And I was like, somebody stole it. And then I told her about, like, I would tell her stuff that would happen. You know, like somebody, I saw somebody draw something. She said, she said, I, I think she saw the same mural that that had the book, the characters that were in my book. Right. And, and she kind of told me, and it kind of stuck with me forever. She said, you know, imitation is the biggest form of flattery or something like that. And, and it made me feel better about the part where like my shit was just gone. And so <laughs> it would just be like, right. you know, it's, it stayed with me. And it's like, instead of looking at it, like um, something that was more of a like whack moment as compared to like, you know, it's where it's supposed to be. And, you know, right. a lot of the time I think that's it's a very evolved way to look at it, man. <laughs> I know, pretty, especially pretty as wise. like a kid. I know, like the wi the wisdom is like coming right off of you right now, especially if we're talking about a kid like doing art. I would have been like, "Fuck yeah. these guys, yeah. <laughs> taking my shit." And you're like, "No, it's okay, man. It found a place, you know. It's like sort of a community, you know. Art is a conversation, you know. Everybody owns a piece of everything, you know." Yeah, but I think, yeah. them, but man. I think, Stephen, I feel. I mean, I feel that way about music too. I when I hear, you know, when I hear people like ripping high yeah. stuff, yeah, kind of like that sounds like us or that i yeah. or you know i'm just like if anything i'm kind of i i look at it as flattery too i'm like that's really cool especially if i like the song art will always be interpretation exactly yeah and i think that like 
now where it's just like, now there's an art book just flopping around the house. There's a part of it where it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's extremely temperamental. You know, it's like I get, it's the white, the, with the blank sheet of paper thing is really a lot, you know, because it's like, I spend so much time more being a songwriter and, you know, in, in that weighs a lot in itself, you know, and it's like, you know, it's uh but whenever it does come out, it comes out like, like vomit a bit. Totally. This brings up a couple interesting questions because we were talking about listening to Jocko and, and having art books and stuff. And I remember a lot of my, a lot of my good friends that are illustrators and are really good at art. They all have like those kind of very famous art books. There's a lot of like key in the same way that we talk about like key records that you got to have, like you, yeah. you just like the, the pantheon of, of records everybody must know. There's a few like drawing books that through the years people have used that are kind of like the staples of how to draw. Really? I, I, think a lot I know of ki- none of them. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't name them. I'm, I'm sure Steven could, but especially for comic book artists, there's like a lot of like key figures. And yeah. I know that, you know, kids will spend time like copying people's lines and their styles or this dude does this one way or this chick, she always has this. And, there's like the st- like the jazz standards, as it were, for yeah, drawing. Yeah. And then from there, you kind of create your own style, right? Like the idea is you kind of like in failing to be- this is the thing I always say about making music or making anything in failing to be your heroes, you become your own hero. right? Yeah. You do your own thing in an effort and in, in an inevitably failed attempt to- like because you'll never like I- you'll we'll never be our heroes, but our heroes will never be us. Right. So yeah, it's like true. Yeah. you'll yes. always fail at being these people so i guess what i'm saying is in the same way that you're drawing stuff and finding your own voice you know as a bass player and as a musician you know you're a kid listening to jocko that's some pretty you know sophisticated shit and uh you know when you're starting off as a musician did you find yourself early on kind of emulating those sounds and those and that kind of progressive bass playing or was it was it something that i don't know i guess i guess i'm trying to the, the parallel i'm trying to paint is a lot of the shit that you're talking about that influenced you really early, were you kind of reaching for that or were you trying, did you want to do something that was a little different? I don't know. I guess, where did you find your own shit in between all of this? Uh, I, again, like we were saying, like with the, 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 the concept of the interpretation and how, you know, like learning in different respects, it kind of brings it, it can't be helped that you, you, every, you know, like almost like everybody has their own fingerprint, it, regardless of you, how it comes about, it's the inevitable that it will still be your voice at some point, you know, and I, I remember when I was younger, people, you know, every now and again, you know, you have a friend or a person that listens to music or something that and they, like you sound like Jocko, you know, at one, at one point, it was one of those things where I, it was, you know, but it develops its own voice based on literally the life and time of who I am, you know. But it's one of those things where, I don't know, I, again, like being forgiving of moments like that and knowing that growth is only like, you know, like it's like a school of fish. When you think about fish swimming and you're like, how do they know to swim in the same? This is like, you know, that we, we have our versions of that, that, you know, yeah. the, the minute you put like a dollar to something, it, it immediately separates it from whatever. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's an unnatural when you put this certain thing on it. But at the same time, there's things that genuinely come natural like that that are not so much of a in a weird thing and i think that um i think that uh with the drawing if you're asking me as far as references to like different things you're asking me things that influence me or like people that would bring that about for me yeah i guess i mean there's i guess there's a lot of influences coming at you and i was wondering if were they all like if they if they had any relationship to each other like oh, yeah. if 
Oh yeah. You know? So if like as a bass player, there's a sophistication and a, and a way that that goes in your drawing or if drawing suddenly goes into your music, you know, like being a kid listening to Jocko Pastores is like not a normal thing. <laughs> it's just yeah. not. And you're listening it to just the well, I think, I think all creative credits transfer, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you're like a really great chef, you have a gift for being like knowing how to put food together. Like right. that trans that may transfer to the way that you see where couches go in a room because you're kind of thinking about balance and shit and where places go. So I'm wondering if there was certain things about the things that you were drawing or the anime that you were watching that made you want to create a music or vice versa, right? That's like, a good question. It, you know, like yeah. I'm wondering if there's things that you saw at an early age where you're like, no, nah, this is the same piece of me. Yeah. Like uh, one of my favorite artists when I was a kid was um, Joe Jusco. And it's naturally because, you know, like I was saying, you grow up in the Marvel age. I want to call it the golden age of Marvel because the silver age is back in the uh, the 60s, I would say. But like we grew yeah. up in the golden yeah. age. Totally. And yeah, you know, and, um, you know, I would be sitting and listening to music and I would be looking at Joe Jusco's drawing of the 1992 Marvel masterpieces or Jim Lee. You know, Jim Lee, again, definitive artist. Uh, I'm looking Rob up Jusco shit right now. I'm like, yeah. this guy. I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, Rob Liefeld. Yeah. And, you know, Tommy oh, a legend. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, these are it. super, you know, these are super famous. Yeah. yeah. Mike Turner. And, you know, there's a, there's a few to name a few. And as a course, yeah, you're an artist, man. You're, you're a visual artist. You can't laugh. I'll be like, I don't draw. Like, of course you do. You know, all these motherfuckers names like Jesus. Yeah, Christ. And the Bill single. Yeah, I told you he was an, he's an encyclopedia. Well, I, I don't want him to get off the, the path. You were saying that you were, you were listening to music. You were looking at Jusco shit and you were listening to music and that was going somewhere. No, I would just go between playing and drawing and listening, and, you know, and, you know, tripping off of the textures and the stuff. And, you know, I mean, like, how do you how do you create a character? You know, it's like it would they, they, it was completely intersectional, you know, and I think that somehow at some point it just it's like it's where where the music would take off more. It would become more of a voice through my instrument. I was healthy enough a couple days ago to go see Steven at um, the Hollywood Bowl and he crushed. Uh, how was that, man? It was when so was good. It was, it was it was Sunday. This past Sunday it was Kamasi Washington. Was it, just, was, it just, was it just you, man? No, it was it was Kamasi and I told Steven I had this I had this crazy moment. I was in the audience and I was like, it was so inspiring. I was having the best time. And then Kamasi said, like, and we have Khalil Cummings on percussion. Yeah. And I was like, wait oh. a minute. What? I was yeah. like, I know Khalil Cummings. Yeah. I was like, I went to middle school with him. We were, like, really good friends that I hadn't seen him since, like, literally since the year 2000. Had not Is this some more L.A. shit? Is this, dude, more every LA time we shit. do this. It's like more L.A. shit. Wait, wait, hold on a sec. See, are you from L.A. too? Yes, sir. Yes. God damn it. God I know. Damn it! Yeah, yeah Stephen is an LA legend. That's why. That's that's again Damn why it. we connect stand on it. so many levels. Even it. though I'm a Valley yeah. kid, I'm a Valley kid. Yeah, I'm from Compton, and Stephen's from Compton. But the LA area thing, like the LA musician yes. thing, is a real and fucking I, wow. I grew up amazing. hearing about Stephen. I grew up hearing about Stephen just because I went to I went to an arts high school. And a lot of the kids, a lot of the jazz kids at my school saw Steven at like competitions and stuff and were like, this fucking sick bass player 
named Steve Bruner fucking that crushed. Sounds like all my the, friends like, in high school. Yeah, literally. Like, and they were just like, oh, dude, this guy. Like, literally, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It was like, it was like, as like a 17 year old, I, I, I feel like I, I, I saw videos of Steven playing at like Catalina's and like the baked potato. Does that make sense? Like in high school? Yeah. Yeah. You're playing baked potato when you're in high school. Oh yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. you. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> I remember That's seeing so cool. videos of that as like, I mean, Steven and I are the same age. I remember seeing that at 17 and being like, maybe I should just hang up this fucking bass now. No. Like maybe it's time. Like I'm, ne- I, it's it was a it was a marvel to witness, and so yeah, so I saw Stephen play again. I was awestruck. I saw him play at the Bowl this past weekend, and I had the best fucking time. And it was super inspiring. Everyone, everyone in the audience was having the best time. It was also just really nice to be outdoors and see music again. I'm glad to know yeah. the Bulls doing shows, man. There was like the, the one Bulls venue that when shows. the pandemic happened, I was like, that makes, wow, it's outside and it's massive. Can't you just like let a quarter of the people in and still be, well, I guess it would be, the operations are expensive. You got to have it before. Yeah, to like it's, that's the it. problem. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. But yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing Steven play. Steven's doing a solo show. Wait, can I talk about that, Steven? Is it yeah. out in the open? Steven's doing a show at the Shrine. Um, in November, and I will fuck be yeah. Front I'll be summer. there with bells on, man. I love a good Thundercat show. I, I'm very, I'm very excited. I, uh, I'm, I'm just glad that yeah, that you're that you're playing again. That's that's amazing. I mean, have you? How has this pandemic been for you, man? I mean, I think for a lot of musicians, uh, myself included, SD two, we it's been really nice to just kind of you know, fuck around with your shit at home and, and kind of, you know, get some of the ideas out that you've been mucking around with for a while. I don't know if it may be, I mean, obviously it, it's, there's plenty to be, that was shitty, but was it, was it a, was it a good time for you creatively or was it, was it a nightmare? How was it? Well, to be honest, it's like, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a part of it where, you know, creative energy doesn't really stop. It just, you know, it happens how it happens. And, and in this specific, like, in this specific thing for me, it, you know, especially based on how the album was like a, a lot to say the least emotionally. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Big congratulations. 2020s. Uh, uh, what category was it? Progressive. Progressive R&B. Fuck yeah, man. Love the record. So well deserved. Big fan of the fucking, the first track, when I got the record, the first track I listened to was a song called I Love Lewis Cole. Because I remember, because I love Lewis Cole. This guy is a fucking freako musician. I yep. follow like all of the like, crazy insane musicians of of the internet always been a big fan of his and it's just a song that sounds like if you love lewis cole yeah. that's yeah. what it would sound that's like that's what it sound like and he got a 100%. fucking grammy for it so congrats it's man so it's so good deserved steven true or false when i got when i got the record did i not say this is the best record of the year you did to you yeah it's the best record of the year thank you st i love you it's so good it's so good. I love it so much. But you were done. So you were you working on it? Th- no, you were releasing it through the pandemic, right? Or, yes. Or we both yeah. released records in the middle of the pandemic. Jesus. Never again. <laughs> Imagine the like, you know, like you know, like those scenes and like the Looney Tunes where it's like, you know, Yosemite Sam is like somebody just blows a cannonball through his boat and he's just like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was like releasing a whole album in to sit on the couch and it was just like 
it's been fun guys and it was just like yeah. it was like silence the silence was deafening i was like okay and I was literally just like, all right well literally that's what it felt like that's what it felt like and then yeah. to so be you didn't like, get to tour it either i you, you were no. supposed to i imagine go on the road right i was full i was like when i say i was a week maybe a week into touring yeah and me too. the last show was so like emotionally bombed everybody in the audience just looked like some like they had just like a grenade had went off by there and like guap dad would come out and try to hype everybody up and everybody was like sad dancing it was like and then like everything was like i got on stage and i was like guys well this is the last show and uh it was yeah. just like violence literally it was like, <laughs> i was like it was right, like guys. that and then at our last show it was like people looking around like everyone was a, a serial killer yeah, it was like, this is it. And we felt it, too. We were like, this is our lot. Like, shit's yeah. going to be, like, going into lockdown. Like, we're out. Like, we, we have to go home. It was it was really weird and freaky and eerie playing shows that first week of March because no one knew what was kind of happening. Yeah, so I would, you know. And then, like, you know, and I think Steven, like, since both of us released our records, both of us were like, all right, we're going on tour. We're doing it. It was like, I'm, was, Steve, I'm, no, like, you're not. I'm going to Japan. And yeah, then literally nope. like, we'd be like, no, nope, actually, Failure. that's not the case. Nope. Not doing it. Nope. Can't happen. We're like, come on. We can't tour any of 2020. Like, nope. You remember when Superman shot Zod into the sun? That's how the album coming out. <laughs> it's just like. That was so fucking specific. Yep. Yep. Just, just threw it like a fucking, just literally like batting a fly away just be literally. gone nope literally hard literally. no it was like I feel, I feel like i emotionally watched the album like zod it just oh no <laughs> yeah stuck in that little mirror of <laughs> that eternity. was the album the album never was again in the mirror except and- except it went out it smashed open and won a goddamn grammy so hey yes it wasn't yes. it wasn't for so, not man listen i'm so glad that our records came out i'm glad that you know, I'm I'm so proud of Women in Music Part Three. We're both proud of them. I think it's just I said the album was beautiful. Thank you, Stephen. Eh. That means a lot coming from you. But I think it's more about just the fact that, like, I I love making records, but I love touring more than anything. And so, and like playing live, like I like I love write I love writing songs and recording. I'm like. I'm my I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to recording because I'm never satisfied with the way that I sound. So that's a little trying for me. But the second that I have like the record is done and I get to like play it in front of people, like that's when I'm truly happy. And I think Steven feels the same way. I feel like we talk about it all the time. It's like playing in front of people and like the energy that you kind of you experience and you feed off of playing live is like nothing else. It's like that's what you do. That's what we do. That's what that's what the whole point of what we do is, you know, it's like, exactly, you know, that's where we express ourselves. It's, it's, you know, it's important. It's like, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's in, in an interesting way. It's kind of like the perfect, uh, it's almost like perfect to like, it's the part where it's like be, it being taken away in the way, in the manner that it has. It's kind of like, I feel like that's as it should be. It's one of those things where it's like, it's, it forces the thing of like the, you know the whole thing where you the way you think you're supposed to or the way you, it was the perfect like uh example of how it's everything and nothing at once when it just got taken away like that you know it's just kind of like yeah all of this work all of this life's work and you know it's like and no, like nothing to kind of 
It yeah. means it everything, but it, it means felt nothing. Like, it felt yeah. like, I mean, and also like releasing it, I think was also like, and it's out. Yeah. And it's out. We're like, yeah. normally I would call Steven and be like, your record's out. Like, let's go out. Like, do we go to, like, <laughs> do we go let's to Six Flags? Forward. Like, do we fuck it? Like, do we have a party? Like, w- w- like what are we not going to do is the better question. Like, so not having, not having that and not being able to like celebrate this body of work coming out and then on top of that not being able to play it live was just so crazy and well what this presents is the question of like what makes shit matter right like if you mm. if you cut the if you cut the tree down in the forest and no one's around to hear it did it did it ever really happen and so you guys right. both cut down these massive fucking trees that you spent a lot of time and energy on albums are a pain in the fucking dick to make you did yes. it you put it out <laughs> And no one's around. So what it begs the question is like, what is it that you're proud of? The fact that you cut it down or the fact that somebody was there to see it. And it sounds like, or to hear it, it sounds like it's the people, the people and the experiences where the magic happens. It isn't in the cutting down of the tree. It's in the people being able to go, yo, this is nice. I like this. This moves me. And that's where the tree, that's where the magic is born. But don't get me wrong. There is there. It's nice it's nice to know that you made this thing and people are enjoying it. And I think especially during the pandemic music was something that I think people clutched to and made them feel not so alone. So I'm glad that we got to give people that and we provided that for people, which is huge and like important, but selfishly, I think that the pain is worth his weight in gold a bit. You know, it's like, Sure. It's the way that it, it, it translates as in is like, you know, like you're putting yourself out there. And I think um something that I've been learning the concept of is like, you know, the, the genuine being honest. And like there's different there's different iterations of like, you know, letting somebody know or like sending something out and all that. But it's like every part of the process, the pain that it brings about, it's you know, and like even to where I was I, at one point, I was talking to Lewis Cole about the idea of it feeling almost like postpartum depression once the album comes out or yep. it's like you burst a baby. And it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it's literal. It is. It's like yeah. it's like giving birth to a child. Yeah. And it's like if you if the, if you're doing it and it's painful, that means that you're doing it right. Right. Well, I mean, it's like I don't know how you feel about it, but it's like giving birth to a kid and then having everyone have an opinion on the kid. Like yeah, being able to like, like your legs are, your baby like, you're like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like your baby is ugly. Somebody throws a tomato Probably, at your baby and you're just like, Yeah, whoa. exactly. You're like, this is whoa, shit. That's this my is baby. bullshit. <laughs> you're like, whoa. With a tomato. You can't do that. It's fucking rude. You just shit in my baby's food. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to my poor baby? But that's what it feels like when I, I mean, I, but, and there's also like good things, you know, people say like really nice things, but it's, I'd be lying. And I feel like you feel the same way, Steven. I'd be lying if I said that like the good, if, if I, I can, I'm good at only listening to the good things. It feels like the the bad things are the things that kind of roll around in my head and are like the loudest, like with the loudspeaker, yeah. unfortunately. And I'm getting, I'm better. I'm getting better at it now. I think as I get older, but here we go. This is, these are these are good things. They're like, it's just like, it's a good problem to have where you're, that's how it's, I think as it should be, you know what I mean? Where it's like the negative will always have that effect. Right. But it's one of those things where I would rather hear the the pain of trying to, you know, as compared to knowing that a person, it's like, that's, that's what it means to be human essentially. I think, you know what I mean? It's like, totally. you know, you're bearing yourself out there 
And, you know, you'd rather hear the criticism of something on account of something you put out yourself as opposed to the silence of, of having never of put no, anything And it out. not mattering. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is, yeah. And like no one's saying anything. That would also devastate yeah. me. But again, I'm an I'm it's, it's an old Sammy Davis Jr. quote, man. Sammy, Sammy said, uh, if no one's talking about you, then nobody gives a damn. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I probably ruined it. He probably said it way cooler than I just did. But it's something along those lines of like, if they're not talking, then nobody gives a shit. I got one more question before we, before we let you go, because I might tie it back in earlier. I have one more question. So because we talked a lot about drawing, a lot about the music thing, I just want to know what the pivot point was. I just want to know at what point, because you said this is this really personal thing to draw, and hopefully that'll always be there, and hopefully I would love to see you know a Thundercat graphic novel with the musical element at some point. I'm sure that's knocking around somewhere in the back of your brain. Very much look forward to that as a fan. But I'm wondering at what point, as a young person, especially if you're going to school for this shit, right, mm-hmm. you have these two, these two skills, at what point where you're like, okay, I'm going in on music. I'm just going to go in on that. I'm going to do that more. Was there a, a, a moment in your life or was it just like a gradual, like suddenly yeah, I'm like playing more gigs? like a sliding doors moment? Yeah. Someone said, hey kid, you're playing bass now. We got the 10 o'clock slot at the, at the uh, what is it? The potato? What is that like jazz joint in the valley? At the baked potato. It's baked like, if you're playing that shit as a teenager, that shit doesn't happen accidentally. Like one has to be somewhat proactive, especially as a young person. So what point were you like, all right, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a musician. My mom paid me twenty dollars to learn. Life is just a game. And the Clark solo on Life is just a game when I was a kid, and it wasn't that per se as compared to the. It was somewhere between that and my dad waking me up like, you know, sometime crazy before I went to school because we had a friend that played uh, a friend named Cleveland that had a radio show, and where he played on Gas Fusion on. I think it was. I don't know if it was AM radio or like. But it would only be between like three and five a.m. or something like that. My dad waking oh, me up to hear Jocko uh, "Portrait of Tracy" for the first time. Whoa! Yeah, and it's like I sat with my dad. He he woke me up out of my sleep. He's like, "You got to come hear this," and he played. You know, he would record Cleve's radio shows, and then he, you know, he recorded it. And then the next day, my dad taking me to get the album while I was playing. I mean, of course, I'm playing Super Nintendo and stuff, and literally like um. It was the moment I heard A Portrait of Tracy by Chaco. And I remember oh, being like, wow. it, it twisted me all up inside. And I was like, oh. And it was like my dad explaining to me that that was just one instrument. Yep. That's cool. That would blow my mind as a kid. How old were you? Somewhere between 10, I think 10 and 13. Somewhere between there, 10 and 13. You're so in that was like mode. that was your point of entry yeah. was Portrait of Tracy for Jocko? Mine was Donnelly. Wow. There you go. I think... Um, Listening to Jocko was like, it was the first time I'd heard the bass used as like a solo instrument. It That had never really occurred to me that that was a thing. I always thought of bass playing as like, you're kind of in the background, which I hated. Right, I always like, wanted to be in the front. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just shut up, like, keep time, like, don't get too, like, don't do too many sevenths. Like, <laughs> keep it simple. And then I heard Jocko when I was eight. I was in second grade, and my it was it went Donna Lee was the first song I heard, and then Teen Town, and then I think, uh, I think after what was after Teen Town? I don't remember, but it was like those two songs. Mm. This is why you guys are pro pro bass players. I reverse engineered from like 
Victor Wooten and like Edgar Meyer, and then went back to Jocko. <laughs> nice. I don't re- like. I didn't realize. Like I didn't realize it started it kind of went the no. other way around. Also, our our childhoods were were we both had like parents that are musicians. I was gonna say if your dad is like, "Yo, wake up, listen to this." Yeah. No. I would hope that he was like a musician of some. Stephen's dad's an incredible drummer, and his mother. I mean, I I feel like. We, I don't even need Stephen to be here. I can. I already know his. I already know his entire life story. Um, <laughs> Stephen's mom is a is a flautist. So he, like oh, my sick. parents, both my parents are musician hobbyists. My dad's a drummer too, and my mom's a guitar player. But my parents, you know, my mom loved Weather Report and Mahavishnu Orchestra. So I was kind of exposed to fusion jazz at a really, really young age. And so exposed, exposed. Yeah. I was like, what is, I don't know what this is, but I like it. I just see like a, a like a, a musician, like with a jacket somewhere in New York City. But like, hey, kid, hey, kid, you want to see some, wanna see some yeah. you want to see some of this jazz? jazz? You want to see this no, jazz no, I'm shit? Cool. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. You want to see, you want to see a couple, you want to see a couple jazz licks? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much how it happened <laughs> for both of us. Right, Steven? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, good on your dad too for being like, "Yo, here, ten-year-old, thirteen-year-old Stephen, wake your ass up! Here's something really cool. Get behind this." You know, that's it's amazing how influential those moments can be, man. Because yeah, I can think of a lot of people that would be like, "Dad, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I'm like, I'm a prepubescent teen. I'm trying to sleep. I don't yeah. care about fucking like." No, he no, he knew what he <laughs> knew. What was. Only like Jinko jeans. Nobody wants to listen to Jack. Oh, buy me some Jinko jeans. <laughs> yeah, get out. Get out, Dad. Take me to Pac Sun. Take me to Val Surf. <laughs> what the hell, Dad? Like all I wanted were a pair of DVSs. Oh my gosh, that's all I wanted. DVSs or uh, ESs were nice. the cool ones too. DC shoes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna take up too much of more of your time, and I have to go to rehearsal. But I, uh, Steven. Thank you for being on our podcast. Thanks, I man. I love you so much. Great I'll to see chat you later with you, tonight. Man. Seriously. Hey, I'm going to be seeing him at the Shrine, man, in November, yeah. right? Yep. Is this the kind of the tour for the record? For, for, uh... yeah. Yes. This is the, <laughs> we meant to do that uh, tour. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it is Let's a, an appropriate album tour. title. It, it is what it what fucking it is. is. Like, it yeah. could it not have been is. more of an appropriate title. It's is what it is, man. When I tell you it almost, it just trolls me now. It's kind of like, you like, don't say it. It's just like. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's you like, I'm sorry. It's it, it just. Steven, it is. you say it is what it is like 20 times every time we talk. Yeah. That's, that's like, that is your. And I say it's it too. So it is what it is. It is what it is. You know what, man? That was an expression before any of us were born. You're allowed to say it. Nobody fucking owns that. If anybody gives you shit for saying that, it's like, I have a no. Grammy for it. Fucking. Yeah. Who fucking, cares? Like, sit down, you know? Yeah. It's all good. Yo, Steven, you're, you're immensely talented, man. I, just, I appreciate your, your your time and your and your talent and everything that you've inspired me with. And I uh, appreciate Thank you being you. on our show, dude. You're the best. I love you so much. I love you guys. I'll see you later. Arigato I'll see you later tonight. Bye. Peace. Bye. That Thing I Do is a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. If you like the show, which I know you do, please be sure to like us, follow us, and leave a glowing review. Thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you next time.